When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, friends. Welcome to the January 14th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast, and I am living through a nightmare. And no, I'm not talking about the social unrest worldwide. I'm not talking about uh, the late stage capitalism that we're living through. Uh, I'm not talking about the fact that all the politicians are a complete joke. Uh, not talking about the fact that the world's probably going to end soon and the aliens here are here. I'm talking about the fact that I can't win a fucking college basketball bet. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> uh, podcast picks have been all right. Last week uh, on, on the podcast, I went, what, two and one with my college basketball bets. It's just, I don't know. It's getting to more than a cold streak now as we kind of creep into the second week of it. And it kills me because uh, then I'll have a night where I go 3-0 and and I'm like, yes, okay, I'm back. Here we go. Let's have some momentum. And then the next day I go 0-3. It's like I'm taking one step forward, two steps back. Uh, and now, as of right now, Georgia's getting their ass kicked as I'm recording this. And I'm on them against Auburn, of course. So I need Texas Tech to pull through for me tonight to salvage my day. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm looking at I'm looking at the stats the same way I did the past three years. I've did great the past three years, profitable all three years, never dipped into the red ones. Last year I hit a 58%, and now I'm, I don't even, my record's somewhere around like down six units in college basketball this season. So my only answer is to keep doing it, try to make small adjustments. I am confident I'm going to get through this. I just think this has just been a bad stretch because teams aren't doing what, the games I'm betting on teams aren't doing what they're statistically averaging. Like I'll bet on a team and like their field goal percentage is like 41%. And then they go and shoot like 55% and 50% from beyond the arc. So, um, and also I think part of the reason is, and this is part of the reason why I didn't start, uh, I didn't handicap right at the start of the season is because more stats that are available, the better, because more of the team plays. Um, uh, I mean, a higher sample size will always show, uh, what's closer to the tr- true average as opposed to a smaller sample size. And yes, I didn't start handicapping until late December, but still with the amount of games that are being postponed and delayed, teams probably right now are just reaching the amount of games that, the, that they would normally have in mid-December. So I think lack of a sample size is hurting me a little bit um, and just bad luck. And uh, I just got to do better, which is fine. I know I'm going to get through this. I know by the end of the year I'll be profitable. It's just this is this is a grind. This is, this is testing out my, my willpower here. Um, so I do have three more college basketball picks on the episode today. Like I said, podcast picks have been pretty good last week. I went two and one with college basketball. Uh, and then of course I have my NFL picks for each game, uh, for divisional round. And I mean, NFL one bright spot. I went four and two last week. Pretty solid. I'll take four and two any week. Uh, two, the two AFC games I lost and I lost in the bills. 
the Colts came back and is kind of a backdoor. Well, not really. It's kind of back and forth. It, they just ended up covering. Uh, and then the Titans I was on uh, didn't manage to cover against the Ravens. Ravens looked fantastic. So I'll talk about them and their matchup this week as well. Um, and then I hit the, what was the other AFC matchup? I hit the Browns plus six. I wish I would have taken their money line. And then I hit all three NFC games. I was on the Rams. I was on the Saints. And I was on the, what was the other game? Rams, Saints. What was the other NFC game? Oh, uh, Tampa and Washington. Washington covered for me. So, 4-2 and two in NFL. That is a bright spot. I will focus on that. NHL season started today. The Leafs are 3-3, three and three, I believe, at the end of the second period. As I'm recording this, I'm on the Leafs tonight. Um, that was a completely biased pick to be fair, but, uh, I mean, why? I don't, I don't have any stats. It's the start of a weird NHL. It's going to be a weird NHL season in general, but I will be giving out picks on the show for that as the season goes on, uh, as well. Um, speaking of which most likely, I think starting next week, um, definitely when NFL season ends this, uh, I'm going to switch over to, uh, betting or releasing this podcast on Wednesdays. A big reason why is then I can talk about the PGA tour, event that week. Um, I did a quick video that I released today for my Sony Open picks. Uh, I did well uh, on last week's event, the Tournament of Champions. Um, I'm not doing any more of the Odd Shark videos, the uh, the kind of higher production value ones for Odd Shark for PJ Tour anymore in the future, at least in the uh, in the near future. I, I, I'll probably be, still be doing them for the major tournaments, but not for some of the smaller ones. So I'll probably just switch that over to the podcast. I'll probably release the episodes on Wednesday. Um, especially once we kind of transition out of the football season and into kind of the new format of the show, uh, probably going to be Wednesdays instead of Thursdays. So I don't have anything else to talk about. I'm still cold in college basketball. I'm doing well in, um, in football. We'll see how hockey goes when it gets started. I got, got off to a good start with the PGA tour. Uh, but that's all I have for you. Thank you all for listening. Subscribe. You can email me at the bacon bets podcast at gmail.com. Um, I mean, there's a donation link if you want to donate to the show, but with how my college basketball picks are going, I don't even want to promote that, but I guess the option's there. Maybe you hit Harris English uh, at the Tournament of Champions there. Um, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Please don't review the podcast and say uh, that I'm terrible at college basketball. <laughs> One-star review. He's on a cold streak in college basketball. Please don't do that. Um, also, by the way, if you want to fade me, go ahead and fade me and fade my college basketball picks. Just don't be a dick about it. Don't like tweet at me. Hey, Ian, uh, been fading your picks and fading them has been absolutely fire. I'm rich now. Uh, you're an idiot. Hey, just, just f- fade in silence and I won't take offense to it. All right, let's get into the January 14th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Here we go. <laughs> All right, let's start with college basketball. If you're just here for my NFL picks, uh, check the timestamp in the description. You can skip ahead to the three NFL games, but I have three college basketball picks for Thursday night slate. Um, all three smaller conferences, uh, if you're interested in, I think the big game Thursday, I think the biggest game that I realize is Indiana against Purdue. I do like Indiana minus three at home. Um, but I did stay away from it. And now off the top of my head, I'm kind of forgetting why off the top of my head. Um, but there was a couple things that just sketched me out a little bit too much, but if you want a bet on the big game, I do like, uh, I, I gun to my head, I'd take Indiana minus three. 
Um, but let's get into who my three picks are. Starting off, I'm taking Sacred Heart, minus 3.5, minus 110 against Central Connecticut, the Blue Devils. Now, I tweeted this out tonight. Has nobody, like, I've never heard anyone talk about this. The Central Connecticut has just completely ripped off Duke for their team name and their mascot. They're the Blue Devils. And their mascot even looks like the blue, like the Duke Blue Devil mascot. Like, they're the exact same guy. Like, Blue Devils is such, like, a specific name. Like, there's no way that you came up with that yourself, whoever came up with the Central Connecticut's mascot and didn't just completely rip it off Duke. Come up with something original. Um, but yeah, I like Sacred Heart at home, minus three and a half, minus 110. First of all, big rebounding advantage, uh, 185th in rebounding rate Sacred Heart is, so they're grabbing just under 50% of boards at 49.5, but Central Connecticut, one of the worst rebounding teams in the entire country, grabbing just 328, or sorry, they're 328th ranked, grabbing just 43.7% of boards. Sacred Heart's also a three-point shooting team. They uh, 40th in three-point shot rate. They love the three balls. Central Connecticut ranks 311th in opponent three-point field goal percentage. Also, in my opinion, by the way, this is something that I've kind of noticed recently, um, and I think it's something to kind of keep in the back of my mind um, these next uh, the ne- next few weeks and kind of see if it holds true. Playing a team that's a three-point uh, three shooting team and they have a rebounding advantage does not seem like a good recipe. Games where I'm betting on and watching, it seems like if a team shoots a lot of threes and they have a rebounding advantage against the other team, that's bad news. Because uh, if you get an offensive rebound uh, from a three-point shot, you can either dish it out for another one or sometimes it's just an easy layup to at least get two. So, uh, bad recipe. I think I'm going to start kind of leaning towards betting on teams that are good at rebounding and also are good, f- uh, shooting from beyond the arc. So just keep that in mind. I might be wrong. Uh, it's kind of an early stage thought that I've had recently when watching some games. So that's my first pick for the Thursday college basketball slate. Sacred heart minus three and a half at minus minus one ten against central Connecticut, the Duke knockoff blue devils. Uh, the next game I'm looking at. Samford against UNC Greensboro. Note I said Samford, not Stanford. Stanford's playing Utah. And if I had to pick that game, I'd take Utah, but I didn't because I think the spread's probably right. But this one's Samford, plus six, minus 115 at home to UNC Greensboro. So I don't fully understand the, this line when looking through the stats. Samford's getting six points at home. Um, but I mean, all the stats are like they're pretty close. Uh, but before I do get into the numbers, Sanford did play Georgia this season, who's fucked me tonight, by the way. Fuck you, Georgia. Um, and they lost by just four points to Georgia. Meanwhile, UNC Greensboro hasn't played a Power 5 team at all all season. So keep in mind while I'm going through the stats that as far as I can tell, Sanford has had a tougher schedule as well, and they're at home in this game. So Sanford, 157th in floor percentage, Greensboro, 227th. So advantage Sanford. Sanford 174th and opponent floor percentage, UNC Greensboro 88th. So and that's an advantage, Greensboro. 47th to 116th in rebounding rate, so that's another advantage, Greensboro, but just a slight advantage, really. Um, Greensboro is 86th in three-point shot rate, so they do like the three, but Sanford's 139th in opponent three-point field goal percentage, so they do do a decent job defending it. Right next to each other in turnovers, 188th, 197th. Um, Advantage Samford in free throw percentage, 181st to 226th. So, I mean, those stats are all pretty close. Like, the Greensboro doesn't have a massive advantage in any, and they kind of have a small disadvantage in a few spots. So, that just kind of... And Samford's had a tough schedule, tougher schedule. So, why are they getting six points at home? Uh, so, I'm going to back them as home underdogs to cover. 
Uh, might be even worth a sprinkle on the money line if you're feeling brave, but I like Sanford plus six at minus 115 against UNC Greensboro. And then my last pick for the college basketball slate for Friday is, uh, what is this, the Mountain West, I'm pretty sure, Utah State. No one's talking about Utah State, but they have been (laughs) unbelievable so far this season. So I'm taking them at home, Utah State, minus 2.5, minus 105 against San Diego State. This this game's flying underneath the radar. I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't even know necessarily how good these two teams were until I kind of dove into this game tonight. But this is a fantastic matchup, and Utah State is dominant so far this season, especially their defense. So listen to these numbers. Second in opponent floor percentage, sixth in defensive efficiency, 11th in opponent uh, uh, field goal percentage, second in rebounding rate, and 16th in block percentage. Second, sixth, 11th, and then another second in rebounding percentage, and then 16th in block. This is unreal stuff. This team's good. Very good. Now, to be fair, San Diego State is good in all those categories as well, but in most of them they rank like around 50th, 60th, 70th, 80th, something like that. Whereas Utah State, I mean, you heard those numbers, top 5, top 10, top 15 in in all of them. Um, Now, this is a 3-point shooting team against a 2-point shooting team. San Diego State ranks 45th in 3-point shot rate. Utah State, ironically, also ranks 45th, but in 2-point shot rate. Um, So this is kind of where there is a slight advantage to San Diego State because they're 61st in opponent 2-point field goal percentage. Utah State's 139th in opponent uh, 3-point field goal percentage. So San Diego State has done a better job defending against what Utah State does more often. Um, But it's not that big of a difference for me to sway me the other way. Uh, And then finally, to top it off, effective possession ratio. This is one of my favorite stats. Um, It is, uh, I don't have the formula in front of me, if I can remember it all. It's possessions plus offensive rebounds minus turnovers divided by possessions. Um, I mean, it just shows what the name is, how how many of your possessions are effective. Um, Utah State's 31st, San Diego State's 162nd, and then opponent effective possession ratio, Utah State's 29th, San Diego State's 49th. So just a small spread as a home team. I will take Utah State minus 2.5, the Aggies against San Diego State. And then, I mean, as a side note again, speaking of teams ripping off other teams' mascots, why are there so many schools called the Aggies? I don't even know what an Aggie is. Do these schools not have any originality? They all just rip off each other's mascots? Texas A&M, Utah State. I know there's another one. What, UC Davis, I think, is the Aggies? Am I right? If I Google that, UC Davis. UC Davis basketball. So there's three off the top of my head if I got that right. Yeah, UC Davis Aggies. So there's three teams, and I think there's a couple more too. That who, what the what even is an Aggie? Isn't it like New Mexico State, maybe Utah State? I'm thinking of, um, but I think there is at least one or two more uh, Aggies out there. I, what is an Aggie? These come up with original names. There's a million different mascots you could have, and you go with an Aggie, and I don't even know what that is. Uh, so there's my three college basketball bets for Thursday: Sacred Heart minus three and a half, Samford plus six, and Utah State minus two and a half. Uh, we're going to get this ship turned around here. Slowly but surely, we're just peeking into January here. we got uh, like another two months before conference tournaments. We're going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. Maybe not, but I'm just going to keep repeating that to convince myself or else I'm going to have a fucking mental breakdown. Fucking losing sleep at night over these college basketball bets. All right, let's get into NFL, one sport that I've been doing a lot better in. And we're going to go in chronological order here, starting with the first Saturday game. And this Saturday game is the Rams against the Packers. And this is my favorite bet of the weekend as well. 
taking Rams. He probably knew I was going to take Rams. I feel like I bet on the Rams a shit ton the second half of the season. Taking them plus 6.5, minus 110 against the Packers. I wish I got it when it was still at the 7, 7.5 number, but oh well. 6.5, I'll take it. Uh, I mean, you want to give me 6.5 points on the best defense in the entire NFL? Done. 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 Don't even have to think about it. Don't. I'm not even going to reconsider this bet. Most confident bet of the weekend. 6.5 points, best team in the NFL? Done. First in opponent yards per game at 281.7. First in opponent points per game at 18.6. First in sacks per game, 3.4. They surpassed the Steelers this past weekend in that sacks category. Also, we know the majority of the Packers' offense goes through Devontae Adams. That's no surprise. They really don't have a number two. I mean, Alan Lazard show has shown flashes of being good. Marquez Valdez-Scantling will um, catch an 80-yard touchdown, but then like two drives later, he'll drop a wide-open touchdown. So like he's pretty streaky. So, I mean, the offense goes through Devontae Adams. Well, if there's one corner, one defensive back in the entire NFL who can straight up island a receiver, shut him down, and take him out of the game, um, it's Jalen Ramsey. Who is it? Revis Island? Darrell Revis? Back in the day? Um, If there's one team that can put a a guy on Revis Island, it's Jalen Ramsey. Not saying he will completely shut down Devontae Adams, but Jalen Ramsey might be the best corner in the entire NFL this season. He was named to the All-Pro team, wasn't he? Him, Buda Baker, mm, Tyron Matthew was another one. Regardless, he's All-Pro. So if there's one guy that can shut down Devontae Adams, it's Jalen Ramsey. And then for the Rams offense, I've been saying it over and over and over again the past few weeks, they don't need a quarterback to throw for 400 yards for them. They just need a quarterback to play average. And the run game and defense can then win the game for them. And that's exactly what Jared Goff did last week against the Seahawks when he had to come in. Um, didn't do anything great, but didn't turn the ball over and just give the Seahawks the game either, which he's done in the past. Now, I mean, I'm also a little bit confused. If John Walford started because Jared Goff was hurt, how could Jared Goff go in and play? That kind of confused me. Like, maybe they started John Walford just because they actually just wanted to start him. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, who's going to be their backup this game? Blake Bortles? That would be hilarious if Blake Bortles gets in the game. Uh, but yeah, I'll take the Rams plus six and a half. I'll back their defense. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a tough day. Most in sacks, fewest passing yards per game, fewest total yards per game, fewest points per game. This is not going to be an easy game for the Packers. I don't think it is. Also, Rams great on the road this season. I mean, they are going to Green Bay, so a little bit of a different climate as opposed to Los Angeles, that's for sure. But still, six and a half, baby. I'll take that all day. Uh, then we're going to move on to the other side of the game, Ravens-Bills. Moneyline underdog alert. Moneyline underdog alert. That's right. We're getting back on the underdog money line. So that means I'm taking the Ravens plus 120 on the money line here. I think it's a fantastic matchup for them. Now, I will say this with a, with a little caveat here. I'm rooting for the Bills. Uh, so Bills fans, don't get mad at me here. I actually hope you guys win, and I'll happily lose this bet if the Bills do win. So a little bit of an emotional hedge. I love Bills Mafia. I relate to them. They feel Canadian to me. The the Bills feel like if like Canada doesn't have an NFL team, but if they did, it'd be Buffalo Bills. Now maybe that's just because like Buffalo went a few years there of actually playing in Toronto. Maybe it's because I think Buffalo is the closest geographically. Maybe New England is. I think Buffalo would be the closest geographically to me. I don't know American. Where's no Boston would be north of New York, so New England would probably be the closest to, to me on the Canadian East Coast, would they? Or would it be Buffalo? I'm going to guess New England, but fuck New England. So Buffalo just... My point is Buffalo feels Canadian. I like them. Their fans feel Canadian. 
I'm taking Detroit's probably the closest to the border of Canada, but that's Ontario. Um, <clears throat> now, why do I like the Colts or the Colts, the Ravens? We saw them completely run over the Titans last week. We know what the Ravens do. Their whole offense is all run, 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 run. And actually them committing to that fact is actually a big part of the reason why they're on this big hot streak. They stopped making Lamar Jackson try to throw the ball so much. Um, they got 236 yards on the ground against the Titans last week. Just absolutely torched them. Meanwhile, the Bills couldn't stop the Colts run. Colts got 163 yards on the ground against uh, against the Bills last week. And, I mean, the Colts aren't exactly known as a big-time rushing offense. So if the Colts are going to get 163 yards on the ground against you, oh, boy, watch out for this Baltimore Ravens team. And, I, I mean, it makes sense because Buffalo is allowing 4.7 yards per carry this season, 25th in the NFL in opponent yards per carry. So this is a fantastic matchup for the Ravens offense, and I think it's a good matchup for the Ravens defense too, because we know the Bills offense, they're kind of the majority of their yards come through the air. They're not a running team. Well, the Ravens rank sixth in opponent yards, per, uh, passing yards per game, second in opponent yards per pass attempt. And now they're also tied with the Rams for the best scoring defense, allowing just 18.6 points per game. Not enough people are talking about how good this Ravens defense is and how good they've been playing recently. Flying completely flying underneath the radar here. Second in op- opponent yards per pass attempt, sixth in opponent passing yards per game, fewest points per game in the NFL. This Ravens defense. So, Bills, tough, tough, tough stylistic matchup for the Bills this week. My heart is rooting for the Bills. Got to back the Ravens though. The numbers tell me it's a good matchup for them. I like them as an underdog. Going to take them to win outright at plus one twenty. And Lamar Jackson got that playoff monkey off his back last week, so maybe he'll play a little bit looser this week. We'll see. Because um, he started off the game bad last week. He threw a bad pick early in the game, didn't he? Uh, then we're moving on to Sunday's games. Browns-Chiefs. Back in another underdog, baby. <laughs> Browns plus 10, minus 110 against the Chiefs. 10 points? 10 points in this game is insane. First of all, before we actually get into like the actual matchup and the statistics here... Why does everyone keep assuming the Chiefs are going to blow out their opponents? The Chiefs were just 6-9-1 against the spread this season. 6-9-1. They were the worst team against the spread heading into the playoffs. Or I think the Browns were, but now since the Browns covered last week, now the Chiefs are the worst team against the spread in the playoffs. Their, their, uh, their average scoring margin this season is just plus 6.9. That actually drops down further to plus 5.2 at home. So they're not crushing teams this year. Also, don't forget the the I mean the bad teams that they almost lost to the Chargers the first time they played they beat them in overtime they almost lost to my Falcons and would have lost if the Falcons haven't perfected the art of choking away a game actually same can be said for the Chargers as well um, well they lost to the Raiders they almost lost to the Raiders a second time uh, I don't have their schedule in front of me but like the the Chiefs didn't like the, they might have had two big wins all season and now all of a sudden they're ten point favorite against a hot 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 confident Browns team that's playing with nothing to lose. <laughs> man, I won't be back and fucking... I, don't, I know it's Patrick Mahomes. I'm not laying fucking 10 points on him. And then what are the Chiefs' two biggest weaknesses on defense? Stopping the run and their red zone defense. Everyone knows that. They're 18th in opponent yards per carry, and they're dead last. I repeat, they are dead last in the NFL and red zone defense. Dead last. Worse than the Jets, worse than the Jaguars, worse than the Texans, worse than the Titans, worse than the Falcons. Dead last in red zone defense. 
The Browns, seventh in yards per carry. They run the ball very effectively. We all know that. In my opinion, Nick Chubb is the either second or third best running back in the NFL. Derrick Henry and then either Dalvin Cook or Nick Chubb next at two and three. Um, and they're also fourth in red zone offense as well. So they do um, score touchdowns when they get down there. 72.41% of red zone trips for them result in a touchdown. This is not a good matchup for the Chiefs. Browns run the ball and they score in the red zone on offense. And the Browns' pass defense has actually been pretty solid recently, especially lately, 11th in opponent yards per pass attempt, 8th in that stat over the last three games. So their defense has stepped it up a little bit too, especially defending defending the pass. Now, do the Chiefs win this game? Probably. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have Tyreek Hill. They're loaded with offensive weapons. They've been here before. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. Yes, they probably will win the game. But 10 points? Man, I, I, I like the Rams. I'm not even fucking second-guessing myself here. Browns plus 10, minus 110. And if you thought I was joking when I tweeted that I'm going to play a Rams-Browns money line parlay, you're crazy. I'm putting 25 bucks. Yep, big old 2-5. I'm putting 25 bucks on Rams-Browns money line pay, uh, parlay. Uh, how much would that pay me out if I place that bet right now? And whatever your feelings are on me doing using 25 bucks, go fuck yourself. If you think that's too little of a bet, go fuck yourself. If you think that's a lot of money, go fuck yourself. Um, Rams, I will not be unit shamed, especially on my stupid massive money line parlay here. 25 bucks would win me almost 400 bucks. 396.56. I'm doing it. Fuck it. Let's root for chaos. Let's root for chaos. Browns, Rams. Now, those aren't my official picks. I think the Packers and Chiefs will probably win, but eh, I think it's worth a little $25 sprinkle and root for some chaos this weekend. By the way, did anyone notice how it's all the chalky teams are winning championships? Uh, uh, I guess in last year, heading into this year uh, in professional sports, who won the Dodgers, the Lakers, the Lightning? I think those were the three betting favorites to win each. I think the Yankees were tied with the, or the Dodgers were tied with the Yankees. Uh, the Lightning were definitely the favorite, and um, uh, the Lakers were the favorite. So I guess that means the Chiefs are going to win too. Um, all right, and then moving on to the last game of the week. And then we're going to end the episode here. Pretty short episode today. Probably going to only be close to 30 minutes here. Saints-Bucks. I'm going to back the favorite. This is the one game I'm going to back the favorite here. Saints minus 3, minus 120 against the Bucks. Um, first of all, what a fucking disgusting game for me to have to watch. Two NFC South teams. Tom Brady against Drew Brees. Probably the two quarterbacks in NFL history that Falcons fans hate the most. The only bright side of this game is that one team has to lose. And I think that team is going to be the Bucks. I mean, I'm like a broken uh, broken record repeating the same things about each team um, week in and week out because, I mean, these teams are these teams. Their identities are known by now. Uh, Tom Brady has struggled and will continue to struggle when he plays against tough defenses, tough passing defenses. Did pretty well last week against Washington, actually. Um, Washington covered, but they kind of covered because of Taylor Heineke. Ty- Taylor, right? Taylor Heineke. Uh, fuck, he looked fantastic. Their defense actually had a little bit of a bad game, but... In the two games the Bucks played against the Saints defense, Tom Brady didn't surpass 250 yards in either loss, and he threw for two touchdowns and five interceptions combined in the two games. So, I mean, I think this is a bad matchup. I think this is a bad matchup for Tom, for the Bucks. Um, Yeah, I just think it is. Saints ranked second in opponent completion percentage, fifth in opponent passing yards per game, sixth in sack percentage. Good defense, good pass defense. 
I, I mean, I like the Saints coach. I don't like him better, but I think Sean Payton's a better coach than uh, Bruce Arians. So I'm taking the or the Saints minus three, minus one twenty. Um, I know the Bucks have been hot lately. Public money is on uh, slightly more towards the Bucks, but I'm not going to overthink it. This one, Saints crushed in both games. I think they'll do it again. Saints minus three, minus one twenty. Uh, so there you have it. Those are my picks for this week's episode of the podcast. Um, going to kind of stick to the same format uh, while the NFL playoffs finish up, and then we're going to kind of transfer over to a little bit of a new format uh, once the NFL season is over. But I'm committed to betting on every single NFL game, so I'm kind of stuck in this format for now. Um, but, yeah, a little recap of all my picks here in college basketball on Friday. I mean, on Thursday, I'm on Sacred Heart, minus three, and minus three and a half, minus 110 against Central Connecticut. Samford, plus six, minus 115 against UNC Greensboro. And Utah State, minus two and a half, minus 105 against San Diego State. And then in the NFL, I'm on Rams, plus six and a half, minus 110 against the Packers. Ravens, plus 120 against the Bills. Uh, Browns, plus 10, minus 110 against the Chiefs. Saints, minus three minus 120 uh, and then if you're listening to this thursday morning before the sony open tees off because it is in hawaii so i think the opening tee shots at like uh 12 30 p.m eastern and you didn't see my pj tour uh, rapid fire betting preview video today kevin kisner to win uh you joaquin neiman top 10 and eric van ruin full tournament matchup plus 105 against kevin naw in the sony open that's all I got for you. Best of luck. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Rate it, review it if you have a few seconds. Uh, you can shoot me an email at baconbetspodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions. But thank you all. I love you all so, so much. Take care, and I will talk to you all next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.